Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everybody doing? It is absolutely freezing here in the UK. (laughs) It's been in the minuses this week and it is so frosty and so icy everywhere. So as always, I'm here under my electric blanket with a hot drink, shivering as I talk about boundaries and people pleasing, which as you may have guessed, is the topic of this week's episode. And I'm going to just dive straight in. It's the 1st of December, not when I'm recording this, but when this episode is released, it will be the 1st of December, which means one thing, Christmas is around the corner (laughs) and I love Christmas. I love it so much. It is my absolute favorite time of the year and some of you may agree and totally love Christmas as well. Some of you might have some mixed feelings or even negative feelings about the holidays, but one thing that affects a lot of us is this feeling of pressure and obligation from our friends and family members this time of year. And there can be a lot of expectations around Christmas time. Expectations to see old friends, to go to certain events and gatherings, to make big plans for New Year's Eve, to host your parents or extended family members. And it can often feel like we're not in control of the choices and the decisions that we make and that we're acting from this place of guilt and obligation. And let's face it, resentment. (laughs) And you've probably heard people say, it's okay to be selfish. Just put yourself first. Do what you want to do. And we hear this and we nod and we smile, but we don't really feel it. (laughs) It doesn't really feel true. And that's because it can actually feel really terrifying to be selfish and put our wants first and risk other people being upset with us. And there's a few reasons why that can feel so scary. Firstly, it's because we're biologically predisposed to fear rejection. You've probably heard me say before that the human species originated from small tribes, meaning that the humans that went on through evolution and created more humans (laughs) were the ones who understood the importance of being accepted and who were good at being part of a group and getting along with the other members of the tribe. So to our ancient primitive brain, the primitive part of our brain, going against the tribe and others being upset with us is a threat to our survival. It's a life or death situation. And even though rationally we know that that's not true in modern day society, we are not going to die because our mum is mad at us most of the time, but our primitive brain doesn't know that. So that's why it feels so terrifying. And secondly, our brains have also been taught by society to take responsibility for other people's emotions. And we often end up making people feeling negatively mean something bad about us. For example, if my mum is disappointed, it means I've done something wrong. I'm a bad daughter. Or if I was a good daughter or a good friend, they wouldn't be upset with me right now. And we believe that we are what creates other people's thoughts and feelings, which of course is never true because it's their brains that do that. Their brain creates their thoughts and the way that they feel. But we subconsciously have been taught to believe that it's us. So we end up thinking, is it really okay though to be selfish if it means that we're making other people be upset? Doesn't that make me a terrible person? And then of course we feel incredibly guilty. And what clients of mine will say all the time is, I really don't want to do X or I don't want to go to Y, but I have to. 
And when I ask them why, they say, because if I don't, so-and-so will be upset. And most of us then take that as a legitimate bad thing, that if whoever it is is upset, that's a bad thing and must be avoided, and that someone being upset with us is genuinely a big problem. And so we end up saying yes instead and doing the thing that the person wants. And so since that's the perceived problem here, that's the thing your brain is trying to avoid, you have to really challenge why your brain is so afraid of it. Why is it a problem if that person has a negative emotion? Literally ask yourself, so what? What would I make it mean if they did have a negative thought and feeling about my choice? And what we're actually trying to do in these moments is control other people's models. So if you're a client of mine or in my group coaching program, you know all about the model already. But for those of you that aren't, the model is a tool created by one of my amazing teachers, Brooke Castillo, and it helps us summarize things into five lines. So we have circumstances, which is the facts, the the things happening outside of us. Then we have our thoughts, which create the way we feel. So our feelings that drive our actions and then our results. So it's circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. So we use the model in in coaching to show ourselves what thought is creating what feeling and, and driving what kind of action. So when I say we're trying to control someone else's model, what I mean is we're trying to control the way other people think, feel and act. We want to make sure that they have lots of nice thoughts about us so that we can have nice emotions ourselves, so that we can feel happy and safe and okay. And on the flip side, we also want to make sure that they're not having any negative thoughts about us so that we don't have to have negative thoughts about ourselves either. For example, if my mum is disappointed this Christmas, I'll make that mean something bad about me, maybe that I'm a bad daughter, and then I'll feel guilty and have that negative emotion. Or if my friend is mad that I've cancelled our dinner date, then I'll make it mean that I'm a bad friend and I'll feel anxious. We're trying to control their model, as in what they think and feel about us, in order for us to feel okay and safe. But the problem with this is we can never actually control somebody else's model. We can never control how somebody else thinks or feels because we don't control their brain. You could cancel on a plan and somebody could think it's totally fine, no big deal. Someone else could even feel relieved because they didn't really want to go out in the cold either. Or someone else could be fuming and make it mean that you don't care about them and you're a terrible friend. You don't control the thoughts they have about you or your choices. And so when we're trying to stop people pleasing, the solution is separating out the way they think and feel from how we want to choose to think and feel ourselves. We have to let go of trying to control what they think of us and commit to thinking the way we want to think about ourselves or our decision, regardless of their opinion. Which, my friends, is of course no easy feat. (laughs) And one of the first things to do is we have to first normalize people having negative emotion and learn to embrace the fact that it's actually supposed to happen in all of your relationships. Your mum is supposed to feel disappointed and sad sometimes, and your friends are supposed to be annoyed at you some of the time. And we have to also challenge what we make them having that negative emotion mean about us. And I'll give you an example from one of my one-on-one clients. She was unsure whether she wanted to go home for Thanksgiving or not. And she didn't really want to go, but she was afraid that if she didn't, her parents would be upset. And when I asked her, so what if they're upset? What would that mean? She said it would mean she was a bad daughter and that she didn't care about them enough. And so we had to really challenge her thought process about that. And we had to challenge her thinking that her not going home meant she was this bad, uncaring daughter. 
was that really true? Could someone be a good, caring daughter and also want to be in their own home for the holidays? What if both could be true? What if it was possible to be a loving, caring daughter and not go home for every occasion? And we also had to challenge her brain on, what if it was okay for her parents to feel disappointed and upset? What if that didn't mean something had gone wrong? We often think that people feeling negative emotion means something terrible has happened, something has gone wrong, like they're supposed to feel happy all of the time. So then if they have a negative thought or feeling about us or something we did, it must be bad or wrong. Something has gone wrong. (laughs) But actually, negative emotion isn't a sign that anything has gone wrong because negative emotion is supposed to be part of every human being's experience here on earth. No human can escape the 50-50 of positive and negative emotion. I challenge you to, <laughs> to think about all the humans that have been before us. Do you really think any of them have managed to live a life without negative emotion? No, of course not. Because having a human brain means having negative emotion. And I had to come to this realization with my own mum. Because for a while I felt so guilty if she ever had a negative emotion, maybe about me not coming home to see her or not being free to talk on the phone when she wanted. And it makes total sense because I love my mum to pieces. I didn't want her to feel negatively. I didn't want to do anything intentionally to upset her. But I also had to accept that no amount of me wanting my mum to never have the full human experience is going to stop her from having it. She is going to feel sad, disappointed, frustrated and hurt sometimes, regardless of what I do or don't do. Simply because she's a human with a human brain, I can't protect her from that. And some of my clients, when I kind of explain this, will say to me, okay, I get that they have to have some level of negative emotion, that that's unavoidable. But what if this is avoidable? As in, what if I can do something that stops them having this particular negative feeling about this situation? Shouldn't I do it? Aren't I bad if I don't do it? And I do something knowing that they'll have a negative emotion about it. And of course, if you can do something that stops someone having to go through emotional pain, I'm not saying that's not a nice thing to do. It's a great thing to do sometimes. Except when it comes at the expense of you showing up as your authentic self. If you are trying to prevent people from having negative emotion, and that means that you are not being true to yourself and going against important wants and needs that you have, you're actually doing the relationship a massive disservice because it stops you having a genuine, authentic relationship and it becomes a kind of performance. You're performing in a way that you think they'll like and that prevents them having negative emotion so that you can feel okay and safe, but it's actually going to create more disconnection. Not to mention a lot of resentment in you because you're doing something that you don't want to be doing. And so even if you're there and they're having positive thoughts and feelings, you're sat there having negative thoughts and feelings, resentment and disconnection. And like I said, they're going to have negative emotion either way. You're not giving them an exit ramp off the human experience. I live with my fiance now and my mum complains that I don't see her enough. But she also used to complain that I didn't see her enough when we actually lived together. (laughs) So her brain is going to create disappointment about how much she sees me regardless. And that's okay. It just means she's a human with a human brain. So whatever the expectations are of you this Christmas, I want you to consider what are my reasons for saying yes to this? And do I like them? Am I going against what I truly want to try and manage someone else's perception of me and manage someone else's thoughts and feelings? 
Or does doing this feel good and intentional and aligned with who I want to be? And if you know there's something you'd really like to be saying no to this Christmas, but you feel a lot of anxiety about it, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that they might think and feel about this? And then ask yourself, if they did think and feel that way, what would you make it mean? What would you make it mean about you or the relationship in general? Why would it be a problem? And ask yourself, what would I love to still believe about myself regardless of their opinion? What would it be like to give them full permission to feel upset and disappointed and give yourself permission to do what feels right for you? What would you need to believe to make that possible for you? And often we're so afraid of other people's reactions and it's actually just a projection of our own mean beliefs about ourselves. Like with the example with my one-on-one client, she admitted that she didn't actually think her parents would think she was a terrible, bad, uncaring daughter if she didn't go home for Thanksgiving. She was the one telling herself that and so naturally projecting that onto them and into their brains as if that's what they were thinking. And another thing I always say to my clients is, that a big part of stopping people-pleasing is getting good at feeling uncomfortable. (laughs) Because like I said at the beginning, your brain is going to be screaming, no, don't do it. People being mad at us is terrifying. It's a risk to our safety. It's life or death. And just noticing that primitive brain mind drama surface and not judging it or reacting to it and actually just saying to your brain, okay, thanks brain, I hear you, but it's actually okay, we're safe. And being willing to just sit and feel that uncomfortable emotion in your body, the sensations of it, and make space for it and allow it to be there is really, really important. Your brain is just trying to keep you safe and has wrongly assessed someone being disappointed or upset with you as a survival threat. It's kind of like a faulty smoke alarm. It's screaming like the house is on fire, but it's actually just a piece of burnt toast. And of course, alongside the topic of people-pleasing is the topic of boundaries, which I do have a whole other podcast episode on. So be sure to check that out if boundaries is something you know you really struggle with. But I also wanted to talk about it a little bit on today's episode as well. So a lot of us get boundaries totally backwards. We think that boundaries are rules that we choose and enforce and that other people are supposed to follow and just obey our boundaries. Now, what a wonderful world that would be if we could just tell someone to stop doing something and then they just stopped doing it and behaved exactly how we wanted. What a lovely little dream life that would be. (laughs) But unfortunately, that is not how life works. People have free will and they get to behave however the hell they want. They really do. People can steal cars, they can drink and drive, they can shout abuse at people in the street, they can vandalize property. They get to choose to do that. And yes, we as a society have boundaries in place for those that choose to to do those things, as in we have laws and we have prison, (laughs) but whether they choose to obey those laws and how they choose to use their free will is always totally up to them. And when we approach boundary setting with the expectation that we'll tell people what our boundary is and then they'll just stop crossing it, we're setting ourselves up for so much frustration and resentment. And so often I see my clients get stuck in this place where they say, I told my mom that I didn't want her to bring up my weight this time when I came home, that it was a boundary for me. And she went and brought it up anyway. And then they feel really powerless and really frustrated and like the boundary had failed and that the boundary hadn't been successful. But your boundaries aren't actually about stopping their behavior or controlling how they act. 
luckily, because that's an impossible task. (laughs) Your boundaries are actually how you will act if a certain behavior takes place. And I'm going to repeat that because it's really important. Boundaries aren't about stopping or controlling their behavior. Boundaries are decisions about how you will act if a certain behavior takes place. For example, if my uncle gets drunk and starts swearing at people at the dinner table this Christmas, I will leave and go home. If my dad has been drinking, I will take a taxi to the event and say no to his offer of a lift. If my friends ask me to go out drinking, I'll say no, regardless of how many times they ask. If my ex texts me, I won't reply. If my aunt brings up her political beliefs that I don't agree with, I will tell her that I don't want to discuss that topic and I'll change the subject. And then if she continues, I will get up and leave the room. We call this the request and the consequence. So the request might be you communicating that boundary. You don't always have to communicate them, but sometimes we do choose to. So that could be, please stop yelling at me. (laughs) That's a request. And the consequence is what you will do if that uh, request isn't met. So if they don't stop yelling, I will leave the room. And when you can think about boundaries in this way, you can ensure that you're taking ownership of your own time and space and energy because you're not relying on the other people complying or on the actions of others. You're relying on yourself to have your own back. They get to behave however the hell they want to, and you know you will be okay regardless. We've just been coaching on this this week in my group coaching program, and one of the members was talking about the guilt she feels around carrying out her consequences. And I think this really is the hardest part of boundary setting. It's actually following through with the action that we've decided to take because we're often so afraid of other people's reactions, which really brings this episode in a full circle because we have to return to what we were talking about right at the beginning, about letting go of trying to control the thoughts, feelings, and actions of other people. If you decide that a boundary has been crossed and you want to leave a family event early and some people have negative thoughts about that, so what? And really ask yourself that. Ask yourself and try to really understand your brain. What are you most afraid of? What is it that you're afraid that would mean? Why would it be a problem? Because challenging your answers to those questions is how you will set yourself free. And ask yourself, what do I want to believe about my boundary? Why is having this boundary so important to me? And can I give myself permission to have it and follow through with it without making it mean I'm bad or wrong in some way? And you actually don't have to judge or be mad at the other person either. (laughs) Often we think we have to be furious and feel really justified and angry at the other person in order to follow through with our chosen consequence and the action to look after ourselves. But that is actually not the case at all. In fact, the opposite actually becomes true a lot of the time. The more we resist the way someone else is, the more we tell ourselves that they're doing it wrong and that they're the problem and that their behavior needs to change usually we actually end up staying around the behavior longer because we start trying to convince them to change and we start arguing with them and trying to force them to be more like us and change their behavior, which usually has very little to no success. (laughs) Whereas actually accepting and even embracing the fact that the people in your life have totally different human brains to yours and therefore will act in ways that are totally different to the ways that you act, And not making that mean that they're wrong and you're right, or you're right and they're wrong, ironically makes sticking to your consequences a lot easier. Because you're able to be like, okay, Aunt Carol loves to talk about her views on gender stereotypes, which have been absorbed into her brain from her upbringing and the society she grew up in. Okay, cool. 
I'm not down for that. I'm not wanting to engage in those kinds of conversations. So I'm going to leave the room when she does that. And of course, I know it isn't always that easy. And I want you to know that there is nothing wrong with you or your brain if you feel very emotionally triggered when people behave in ways that you don't like. It's the most normal thing in the world and it just makes you a human being. Which is why knowing that our brains are going to have a lot to say about our friends and relatives' behavior this Christmas and knowing we can process and allow that negative emotion in our bodies without reacting to it and manage our own thoughts to best look after ourselves is such a valuable skill. Because like I always say, we cannot control the other humans, but we can control the way we think, feel and respond to them. And if you know this is something that you need to work on, why don't you give yourself the best gift for the start of 2024 and come and join me in the next round of my group coaching program, Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. It's going to be opening its doors the first week of January. And this is where you'll be able to learn about all the tools and concepts that I discuss on this podcast, but on a much deeper level. And you'll learn how to actually apply them to your own unique situations and your own unique brain. It's an amazing program and such a supportive place to learn and grow. And you're surrounded by people with similar brains, just like yours, doing the exact same work. So in order to make sure that you don't miss out, you're going to want to go and get yourself on the wait list. So I'm going to drop the link with all the details and the frequently asked questions will be included in that link. And also there'll be the link for the wait list. So I'll put that all in the information section of this episode. So definitely go and check that out and make 2024 the year you finally master your relationship mind drama. And finally, if you've gotten to the end of this episode, can I ask that you do a little something for me? Could you go ahead and give the podcast a little rating on whatever platform you're listening from? This is how I can keep reaching more and more people and spreading the word of this work. Okay, guys, have an amazing weekend and I'll speak to you all next week. Bye. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 